Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Today I have with me Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Timothy. Hello. We're Book Club for Games. And today we are. Today we're going to talk about. Super Auto Pets! Woo! The greatest game of the decade. Is it? Maybe. <laughs> Exaggeration slightly. I love this game though. <laughs> it might show. We'll have to measure that love later on. Well, if this podcast makes it to 2030, <laughs> then then we can actually do a games of the decade. I don't know. Or random mic time sinks of the decade. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, Super Auto Pets from Teamwood Games. I, I have no idea how big Teamwood Games is. I suspect it's like two people, or it was like two people originally, but yeah, I have no idea. I don't think it's a very big company. And this game came out, PC, Mac, Android, April 27th, 2021. And it was announced, you know, it was entering early access or testing on you know on twitter they tweeted about it it came to steam september 24th 2021 and basically like the day after i saw northern lion playing it i don't know how he heard about it but i watched northern lion play it and it was a classic northern lion moment of like this game looks kind of fun but he's playing it in such a back asswards way I like I need to try it just to see how the game is if you play it properly. And I really enjoyed it. You know, the, the problem was that it it just exploded in popularity and the servers melted and you basically couldn't play it for like a week or two afterwards. But, you know, then they got their act together and yeah, surprisingly fun, surprisingly fun game. I think I mentioned in the end of year wrap up last year, you know, I was saying like, if they ever release an iOS version, I like, I may never sleep again. And then, yeah, February 21st, 2022, the iOS version came out and it really, it did cause some disruption to my sleep pattern. But, but now I mostly play it on public transport. So I've learned not to play it late at night because it's just too dangerous. Anyway. So what is it? You know, I've just talked about when it released, but what is it? It's a free-to-play turn-based auto battler. Oh, these are terrible things put together. So build a team of cute animals to win 10 rounds in the arena. And then you have all these auto battler type mechanics. So you can merge animals of the same type to level them up. 
high levels have improved abilities. So, Mike, maybe you can talk about this quickly. Yeah, I mean, so the animals kind of all have little powers that are sort of thematic based on the animal. So, actually, I say that. Some of them like just make no sense, but you just accept it, right? So, uh, ones that are kind of thematic, like the blowfish is spiky. So when it takes a hit, it damages the thing. Well, it damages the enemy team. It will like throw out a rock and hurt the enemy team. Or like the hedgehog is also spiky. So it has a similar kind of power. Like when the hedgehog faints, it just explodes in rocks and everything takes damage. But then some of them are kind of just like really, like I don't really understand why, but it just is like the badger. When you knock out the badger, it just also hurts the two pets that are next to it and you and you just accept it you know that's just that's just what badgers do but yeah when you merge pets they can level up so if you have like a level one hedgehog you know when it faints and blows up it'll do two damage to all the other pets and if you manage to get a level two hedgehog by like merging three hedgehogs then it will do four damage to all the pets and if you manage to get a level three hedgehog then it will do six damage for example so leveling up the pets usually improves their their pet power and yeah how do you get pets there's a shop so you'll get given a selection of i think three pets initially and as you play more rounds the shop kind of tears up so you can get higher tiers of pets and you get a bigger selection of pets to pick from and you can re-roll the shop so kind of the skill of the game is choosing what to buy in the shop and choosing how much of your money to spend on re-rolls versus on buying pets and food to buff those pets. Yeah, so the food can buff stats or give special powers. So you've got things like garlic, which reduces all attacks by two. You've got pear, which will give plus two health, plus two attack. And... One of my favourites, you've got honey pot. Yeah, the honey, which, which spawns a bee. So when the when the pet holding the honey faints, a one attack, one health bee will spawn in its place. And yeah, like classic strats are like honey badger, because like honey badger don't give a shit, right? So you put a badger holding honey at the back of your squad and you know, the badger gets like two bites of the cherry, right? Because either the badger will knock out their pet or when the badger faints, it throws out rocks, which might also knock out their pet. And if you kind of have a draw, then the bee will spawn and then you will win. (laughs) So like honey badger was one of the first like defining metas of the game, but then they nerfed the badger. So it's not so good now. And the last thing we've got here is the, the name generator. Yeah, so when you start the game, like before you go into battle, you pick a name for your team. And like the name doesn't do anything. I think it's purely to make you feel more invested in the team. So you get like a selection of like adjectives and a selection of nouns. And they're quite random, but you can just make funny or filthy names with them. Or cool names, I don't know. You that that's rarer. Like cool name I had I had like the Lord of the Foxes and I tried to make a team based on foxes as a result. <laughs> Didn't go very well. I, I had a team that I had a team that I was very proud of that I won with that I sent to you called the Creamy Buttocks. <laughs> you got any favourites? I had 
the first one I came across, which really tickled me, the hard balls. <laughs> it made me realise this thing is genius. Because also got the moist bushes and the illegal abs. <laughs> What's wrong with the illegal abs? Oh, they're, so, they're, so, <laughs> they're so great, they are illegal. <laughs> okay, I had the fabulous abs. <laughs> See, illegal abs are much better than fabulous abs. I guess so. Another one I liked is the frigid eggplants. They're, they're not all filthy. They're not all filthy. <laughs> but it's often quite fun to have a filthy... Anyway, the game is fun and clever mechanically, but the other thing that really made me respect this game is that it does so much with so little. So I I think some of this is changing now as they've made more money and are becoming more popular. But, you know, when this game first came out, for sure, I think like 99% of the graphics were open source emoji fonts. So basically there's like this thing called like the open font license and Twitter and Google, I think, make their emoji sets available under this license because they just want their emojis to be used, you know, far and wide over the internet. And as a result, this game just took the animal emoji and like the fruit and veg emoji and whatever you know, from those fonts and kind of like normalized the art style a bit by probably doing some filtering and vector stuff on them. But yeah, they just had a preset, you know, here's a few dozens or hundreds of emoji you can use for the graphics. And it it just works really well. Everything is, there isn't lo- loads of animation, everything kind of just like bounces in, but it, it totally works. Like, they've managed to make a really consistent art style out of it. And it doesn't look like programmer art, you know, like the people who made this are clearly very talented game designers and programmers, like behind the scenes, there must be some cloud API database shenanigans going on that, you know, this isn't a tech podcast, so let's not go into it. But like, as someone who, you know, works in this kind of area, you know, and you're the same, right? It's very interesting to think about the API that must be powering this game and the database queries and stuff. Like, it's actually quite a fundamental problem to think what they must have done to make this work. And they've got that, and it's clearly all working very well. But they've also got this really economically made game that looks, in my opinion, really good, considering... You know, they've made so much of so little. Another game you could have made. It does. <laughs> yeah, so sadly. Well, I, I, you know, we say that, but I, I really think as well, the game design is so good. It's one of those things where you think it's obvious, but it's only obvious in hindsight. If you were given a blank slate and said, make an auto battler out of like animal emoji... The mechanics they're coming up with is just so imaginative. Like, you know, the balance of it works really surprisingly well. I mean, I'm I'm sure there was a lot of iteration because I think I think the version that came out right right at the very start. If you look at their early tweets and the way the game looked then, and the the way the game worked mechanically then, I think it was different or a bit different at least. But it's really been polished 
and it's really fun now like it, it, i i'm also just so impressed by you know some of the well, well we'll talk about that later we'll talk about that later but the pet abilities very clever yeah and i and i guess the other thing to talk about in terms of the you know very smart decisions that they've made it's essentially it, you know it's essentially asynchronous multiplayer but it doesn't feel asynchronous right when you send your team into the arena you are not really matchmaking against another player who's sitting there at their device watching the same battle as you it is just going into its database of teams and plucking out a team on the same turn number as you with the same pet pack although you can change it to all pets if you want but by default it's the same set of pets that you're using and you battle it out but like you know the person you're fighting against they're not seeing this battle it's just it's just like a fair matchup and because it's an auto battler you know that works and so you can imagine if this game hadn't gone super viral on twitch and it had a much smaller player base it would still work right like this was a really smart decision because if it had had to be like live multiplayer you just click battle and you just be sitting there waiting potentially for minutes hours right like how long till someone else is playing this game but because it's got this huge database of other teams that are a good matchup for you you know you've got that instant gratification anytime you want to play you can play and yeah it feels like you're getting one up on another player because it is another player's team it's just that then you know when you win like they're not on the other side of the you know of the screen going like oh damn it you know this is a genius part maybe you should be able to type a message to the losing <laughs> to your opponent as you find them <laughs> this, this is like taking it to the next level <laughs> we could just send an emoji over send an emoji send an eggplant yeah i mean at least it doesn't get toxic right <laughs> it would be so toxic it would get so toxic so fast you, you can't trust people on the internet the internet just turns people into monsters fine okay so having now said a load of things about the game that i think are really genius and incredibly clever something that i don't understand at all and to me just seems really bizarre is the monetization system because i mean i admit i don't really play free-to-play games off actually i say that i mean i've played so much warzone i've played so much fortnite i've played so much but so i don't really play free-to-play mobile games often but i think this is a weird monetization scheme for a free-to-play game mobile or not i mean it's it's quite a nice mo well let me let's just say what it is so there are certain cosmetics you can buy with real money just to support the game and they are only available with real money but that's a very small subset i think it's like one background and one hat and then the only other thing to spend money on in the current version of the game are the pet packs so by default everyone has access to this standard set of pets for free and then there is a pack called the puppy pack which costs five US dollars. And then there is the star pack, which costs 
10 US dollars. And so those packs contain new pets with new abilities. And then and there's a new pack coming soon called the Golden Pack, which is, you know, as of the moment we're recording, it's on the test server. So you can't buy it yet. Oh, and there's also a weekly pack. So the weekly pack is, I think, just randomly generated. And that can contain pets that you haven't bought. So if you want to try out some of the pets that are in those other packs for free, you can just play the weekly pack. So is the reason why the star pack is twice the cost of the puppy pack? Is it because it also contains the puppy pack? No, 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 it it doesn't. So the reason for the pricing is the puppy pack was there at the launch of the game. And the puppy pack pets are not all new. So like half the pets in the puppy pack are actually pets from the base game, like the free pack. Except. Except, but there's also like the puppy and the bluebird. So there are new pets in it, but not all of the pets in that pack are new pets. Whereas in the starfish pack, everything is new. All the pets are completely new. But I can play with the star pack without the puppy pack. Yeah, you you, you can. Yeah. So by default, when you choose a pack, you only play against people who are using that same pack. And yes, you can just, if you buy the star pack, you can, and you use the star pack, you will only be playing against people with just the star pack. You, You can also make a custom pack. And then I think it's like complete free for all. You're playing against everyone with their own custom sets of pets. And so if you want to make like, the most you know theory crafting ultimate set of pets then maybe you need to buy all the packs just to get the wider selection of pets to try and like synergize in your you know custom pack but i don't know it's it's one of the things where just it might just be because i didn't grow up with mobile games the pricing seems really odd to me because like on the one hand giving away this game for free and you can just play it for free it's like it's an amazing amount of gameplay they're just giving you for free but Charging five dollars for the puppy pack or ten dollars for the star pack, it it seems like a lot of money. It's just Wait, it just seems really weird. I don't know why. Just psychologically, it feels like a lot. Five dollars is a lot of money. I don't think five dollars is a lot of money for a lot more pets. Well, more pets. Yeah, this is why I'm saying it's like psychologically weird for me, right? It's like anchoring fallacy. If you told me Super Auto Pets was fifteen dollars, and I got the puppy pack and the star pack as well. And I, I saw Northern Lion playing it, and I was like, "Oh, I want to play it." Yeah, I would just pay fifteen dollars and I play the game. But the fact that the game is free, and then is it then asking for five dollars for the puppy pack and ten dollars for the star pack, then I'm thinking like, "Oh, ten dollars is a lot to ask for some pets." It's really interesting. I'm, I'm not saying it's logical. I'm just saying, like anchoring wise, it just feels odd. Because I'm sitting on the other side of the screen, I'm thinking, but ah, stop melting our servers. We have to pay for these servers and it's free. You buy it. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, no, stop. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying, right? It just seems like how many star packs are they selling? If you see what I mean, like, would they sell 10 times as many if they made it a dollar? I don't want to send. No, I don't think so. Yeah, so I, yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I don't have the numbers. Psychologically to me, it seems like a lot to be asking, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I actually have bought the puppy pack. I did buy the puppy pack. I haven't bought the star pack though. Yeah. Maybe I will once I have an income again. <laughs> but... I'm sure, I'm sure you're still buying expensive coffees. Shh, shh, shh. I, I don't know. I, I just, it just feels 
surprising. I, I'm just going to go around in circles here. I don't know. I just find, I just, it just seems like an odd monetization scheme. I mean, in a way, it's good because you just pay once and you've got the pets and that's it. And they're not nickel and diming you forever, right? They're not trying to sell you like a battle pass every season. They're not trying to sell. But then again, the battle pass, you just pay once, right? Because because you can earn enough points in the battle pass to get the next battle pass is the convention, it is, is the subtext there. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's surprising that the cosmetics, you just earn an in-game currency that you get for winning the game. They're not trying to sell you more. You know, I mean... It's funny, right? Because on the one hand, this is kind of like the monetization that I would have said I would prefer. But now it's put in front of me. I'm like, oh, $10 seems like a lot. I mean, it just goes to show there's a reason why all these like evil marketing scumbags, you know, make these mobile games work the way they do. So what would be the alternative? What would you do if this was yours to decide? Yeah, I imagine I would have some sort of seasonal battle pass thing. Like I would, I would make it like, when you buy the puppy pack or you buy the star pack, you get like a battle pass to work through as well. That's a lot of content though. Well, no, no, because it's just like cosmetics that come with that pack. So you can only get these hats with that pack or something, you know. Okay. Because then it it would feel like you're getting more than just the pets. You've got something to work towards as well. I don't know. It's just like a weird psychological thing. Because the pets are all or nothing. You can't just have two of the pets in the pack. You have to have all the pets in the pack. Otherwise, the game doesn't work. No, I mean, the game does work because that's what the custom pack is, right? Like, you can have inter-pack synergies that are, that are crazy. Okay. That you can only get by playing the weekly if they're both in there or by making a custom pack. But I don't know. It's just a funny thing. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm definitely not an expert when it comes to monetization of mobile games or free-to-play games right it's just an interesting interesting kind of like tension where i feel like so many things about this game are genius and the monetization feels very unusual but that doesn't mean it's bad it's just kind of a surprise and i don't hate it like, I don't hate it. Like, there are some monetization schemes that are just, like, predatory and, you know, just actually disgusting. And this is not one of those. It's just unexpected. I don't know what to say. They might be changing it in the future. I don't know. Because like, I noticed on the test server, with the golden pack, things seem to work quite differently. So it looks... It, it might just be for the test server, but it looks like you can actually buy the pets with the points that you earn by winning on the test server and then maybe they'll just sell the points so you can either grind it out by playing or you can or you can just pay money and get it i mean again i don't know if that's a good monetization decision but yeah maybe it's going to change in the future i don't know anyway i guess we've spent too long talking about that on a subject that i clearly am completely clueless about I just want to make one more, well, I want to make one more comment about the pet packs, right? Because they're not pay to win. I think that's the other very important thing to say. Because I I remember when this game first came out and there was the base pack and the puppy pack and people were like, oh, the puppy pack is pay to win. But, you know, things to note, number one, you only play against the same pack that you're using by default. 
So even if it was stronger, it wouldn't make a difference because you're not playing against people with the base pack unless you turn that on, right? And then number two, it's, it's definitely not stronger. It's just different. But that's, again, coming to the genius of this game. Like, the puppy pack plays a bit differently to the base pack. The star pack plays very differently to the puppy pack. And from the test server, I can tell you the golden pack's pretty different again. It's really quite amazing how you'd think that they've covered all the bases and then they just pull out a whole set of new mechanics and shake it up again. Do you think they'll allow purchase of single pets? I just feel like it breaks up the the pool of teams you can play against. Yeah, I really hope they don't allow the purchase of single pets, only because that will then get into the bad monetization of nickel and diming stuff. Like, slight tangent here, like, you know, you know Dungeons and Dragons, right? And you can buy, you know, there's this thing, there's this website called D&D Beyond, and you can, like, buy the, like, the, the different handbooks and manuals on D&D Beyond and get access to the content. But I think they'll also sell you just elements from the book. And so, like, you can pay, like, 20 quid to get access to the book and the content. Or you can spend, like, two pounds and get access to, like, one spell from the book just to use in your campaign. And it's just, like... This is terrible. Why would you ever do that, right? <laughs> I don't even know what... So this is like just a manual? Yeah, you, this is probably a bad example. It's going to take too long to explain it to you. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, it, it's just like nickel and diming. You know, sometimes sometimes it's like the evil side of like using the anchoring fallacy for evil, right? Or maybe it's a fallacy, so maybe it's all evil or maybe it's all stupidity. I don't know. It's just like oh, this thing costs £2, £2, £2, £2. Or you can buy it all together and you get 100 of them for like £20. You know, so it's like £200 of value for £20. You know, like maybe they could do that. They'd be like, oh, you can buy a pet for £1 or you can get the whole pack for 10 Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like Teamwood Games, they love, they love making games. They love this game. They are not evil marketing scumbags. And that's why the monetization schemes just seems really weird. But it's a really, is a really smart game. So Mike, how much have you played? Oh, I mean, I've played like, I, probably play, I think I've played almost 40 hours on Steam now. And goodness knows how many on ios and goodness knows how many on the test server which is in the browser uh, how about you i think i played around just under 10 hours on steam then same on ios i started on ios but it was really painful like you said there's a requirement to be online all the time and on london london underground you're not always online it's not like in Hong Kong where you get signal in the tunnels. And even on the trains, it's not great either. The signal will drop. Yeah, yeah. I guess that was just implied because obviously you have to have matchmaking for every single, you know, team you're fighting against. So it has to call out to the server. And in fact, every action you do, like buying a pet, selling a pet, buying food, whatever, all of those are actually server calls, which I think is quite an interesting decision from a technical point of view. But you can also see why they've done it to you know, prevent cheating, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, for you, it's difficult playing on the tube because 
London is a strange and backwards place when it comes to mobile data underground. And I, I struggled on iOS because actually I needed a wiki. I need to play this with a wiki open so I could quickly build up my pet knowledge. Th- this used to be really hard. They've actually improved it in the latest version. So in the latest version, there is like a pet encyclopedia in game. Like You can click this little port icon and it shows you all the pets in your current pack and at what tier they're available and at what turn that tier opens up and you can tap on the pet and it will show you its abilities at levels one, two, and three. So that didn't used to be in the game and you just used to have to remember what every pet did. So yeah, now you at least you can look it up in game. So now it's, I feel like I'm on a runway. Everything's getting better. I'm getting better. Things are more hopeful, less painful. And have you won? I've never won. You've never <laughs> I've had a couple of times when I've come close. I've had an eight wins and I had a six, which I, I thought was a, a nailed on 10 because I had a fly with a turkey bath. I, yeah, that's a, that's a strong team, yeah. But the only problem was I only had one heart left. So I think that I was asking a bit much of myself. Yeah, that's the thing, because it's like, you can be losing early on, but at least you're scaling. And then it, it does happen that like, you're down to your last heart. But that was like, that's the moment where your team just like crosses that magical scaling line. And then you just steamroll everything else. But equally, it's a very precarious position. I've never experienced the steamrolling. I've just always been steamrolled. I hope you're right when you say that. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about my builds just yet. I don't think we'll do that at the end. Okay. Okay. I mean, I am not some super auto pets genius. I I should admit. Like, I was was like (laughs) poo-pooing Northern Lion's abilities. But like, Northern Lion's actually really good at the game now, as usual. Like, he, I think he's slower off the mark, but he's like, he's really just keeps going. And he's, you know, he's good at the game now. And... I think I started out quite strong, but I plateaued quite quickly. I have I have problems letting go, you know, like I am too slow to pivot or it's like, oh, I spent money on this pet. I should keep it. I need to be more ruthless. Right. So I think those are my weaknesses. But, you know, I have won several times. But my but my win loss ratio is pretty pathetic. <laughs> it's like it's not like I win a lot. I, I do quite regularly get like seven, eight, nine. But getting to 10 is is not common sadly i also think the actual general difficulty of the game has gone up because i think people are just fielding better teams like people know how to play the game better now in the early days when it had first launched it was very like all over the place but now it's very common to see a well-constructed team you know that you're facing against or sometimes they're doing something that's like i had never thought of doing that and you just get like completely destroyed Two points here. One is they could record the number of wins per team at that turn. So they can know how good that team is. I, I think this is what's happening on the test server. Because I noticed on the test server when I've been trying out the golden pack, when your team comes in and their team comes in, it actually shows you the round number, the number of wins and the remaining number of hearts for both of your teams. So you can see whether that other team is like steamrollering or just barely hanging on you know 
Like, I don't yeah. know if it's going to change the matchmaking. I don't know if they're going to change the matchmaking to use that information as well. But you can now see it when that team comes in on the test server. And the other one is, could you just run some AI through their database to build this the best team? Well, mm, mm. I mean, it's, it's not a matter of just what's picked the most because so much of it is the synergies, right? And you've got a store. Yeah, like you, that that is the thing. Like there are teams that I know are very strong, but only if you get them like early enough or you can be really trying to get a certain build and that pet just doesn't come up. And maybe you could have won if you'd been more flexible and, and gone with a different build. But, you know, yeah, and like, you there are times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Just roll, roll, roll. And you get like five of a particular pet. And I'm like, damn it, I should have just committed to that. But you didn't know it was going to happen, right? Yeah. But But this is all part of like, what you know what makes some people better at the game and others like knowing when to roll knowing when not to roll knowing what to spend your money on like this is literally where the skill of the game comes in it's not the battling because that's all automatic it's it's literally the decisions you make with the shop and i guess this is how all auto battlers are but you know i don't really play auto battlers i only really play this one i mean maybe this goes to show i should be playing like hearthstone battlegrounds or dota auto chess or something right but like this is the only auto battle I've really put. This is the only auto battle I've really put any significant time into. Well, yeah, surprisingly, cute pets are definitely a, a big sell here for me. Yeah, that's the thing. I really think it works so well. Like, the theming is really good, right? It's really good. Anyway, all right, let's talk about some strats, some actual mechanics then. Because, you know, I think. Well, I think certainly in the base pack, there are three main archetypes. And when you get to like the star pack and the golden pack, yeah, wacky stuff happens, you know. But in the base pack, you've certainly got scaling builds, summon builds and sniper builds. Like they're the three like key mechanics to be going for. And then there's like, sub variants of each of those as well like you know so on a scaling build you can try and go scaling wide where you get all of your pets like pretty strong so pets that help with that would be things like the giraffe or the penguin you know they they buff multiple pets a bit or you can try and have like one really strong pet like if you get the monkey that buffs the pet at the front you know and then you can just try and get, you could try, you know, like you could get three monkeys, right? And instead of merging those three monkeys, you could just have three monkeys at the back and then put like one pair at the front and have triple level one monkey buff instead of having a level two monkey buff. For example, these are things you can do, right? Yeah. To try and scale that one pet as fast as possible. I love a monkey buff. And then... There are, as well as like permanent buffs, which things like the monkey and the penguin and the giraffe give you, you can also have pets that give like temporary buffs. So like in the base pack, a really strong combination is elephant plus camel. So the elephant, the elephant used to be crap, right? But again, like changes to the meta, changes to the mechanics that have happened. The elephant now does one damage either one, two, or three times based on its level. And the camel, when it takes damage, will buff the pet behind it. So you can have an elephant at the front that has, like, high health. 
So it gets to attack lots of times. And before it attacks, obviously, it will damage the camel that's just behind it one, two or three times. And then you have another pet behind that that's just soaking up all these buffs. And you can get, you know, that pet up to like 50-50 pretty fast because it's getting like triple buffs every time the elephant attacks. Like that's a really strong build, for example. That is too advanced to me. Really? Okay, this is why you're losing. Because <laughs> like that, that was the most recent win I had on the base pack was with, the, with that build. And then, you know, like another scaling build. I mean, Basically, I like scaling builds. This is what I usually go for. Like a wide scaling build, which is the opposite. Like on the puppy pack, for example. This is, this is what I tend to do on the puppy pack. The puppy, which is like the signature pet for that pack, obviously. If you have more than two gold when you end your turn, the puppy will buff itself. And so if you're lucky and you just get like four puppies at the start, you know, early on, instead of merging them, just literally have like four puppies and make sure you keep some gold at the end of every turn. And those puppies will all buff themselves like as if they all had a monkey on them, you know, so you can have a very wide but strong team. It's not as strong as if you like super buff just one pet, but all of those puppies will be like 30-30 kind of thing by the end. And then you can also, a good synergy with the puppies is the T-Rex. Because the T-Rex, if you have three or more gold, buffs all other pets. And you're saving gold anyway because you want to have the puppies buff themselves. So basically just get some amount of puppies and some amount of T-Rexes and make sure you keep three gold. And they will all just be buffing each other and you'll have, you know, like high 30-30s by the end. Which is enough to steamroll most things. So, you know, that that's scaling builds. That, this is what I usually go for. Oh, you've opened my eyes. I've been reading about like, is it a rat? Is a good opening um, early game pet. Yeah. I have the, no idea how to use it. But now you've opened my eyes to that. Yeah. So like the rat is interesting because the rat is quite a strong pet. Like early game, it's got good stats. But when the rat faints, it summons a 1-1 for the enemy which you think is like a disadvantage, but you can also turn it to your advantage because I think there's the... Oh, I'm trying to remember what the name of the pet is. There's a pet... It's like a tapir, maybe. Is it a tapir? Maybe it's not a tapir. Basically, there's a pet that whenever the enemy summons a creature, it buffs itself. So you can put a rat on your team and when it gets knocked out and it summons rats for the enemy, it actually will buff your tapir. Or the rats that it summons are one one, so you can use those to hit a camel and then buff your pet too, right? Yep, so there's yep, ways yep, you yep. can you, you if you know they're going to summon a weak pet, then you can use it to your advantage. And so like the rat is quite an advanced pet. You, you can do lots of tricky things with the rat. It's quite true. So I you know, and I guess the rat comes into like summon builds perhaps. Like summon builds, you're usually trying to summon things on your own side, but I guess summoning things for your enemies is like going to be an advanced variant of it. So, you know, summon builds will be like what you mentioned at the start with the turkey and the fly. Uh, Like very early on, one of the level one pets in the base pack is the horse. And the horse, when you summon a pet, it temporarily increases its damage. And then, yeah, later on, there's the turkey, which permanently increases its stats if you summon it outside of battle. So things that happen outside of battle are usually or can be permanent. And if they happen in battle, they're temporary. You talked about like clever abilities. You've got the deer when it faints, it spawns it a bus. 
<laughs> yeah. I guess because like deer get run over by bus a lot. <laughs> This is the sort of thing. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's like really thematic and really funny. Like the deer, you knock out this deer, and they just go honk honk, and this bus appears, and the bus just like runs over the enemy team. Yeah, that bus is painful. And then, yeah, really clever summoning things you can do with a deer. So, have you seen? You know, there's the whale, and the whale will swallow the creature in front of it, which effectively makes it faint. So, a interesting strat you can do is have a whale behind a deer and then the whale will eat the deer which will then summon the bus and then when the whale faints it spits out the deer again which will summon another bus oh and you can also put like a mushroom on the deer so when the deer faints it comes back as a one one so you put the deer with the mushroom and a whale behind it and at the start the whale will eat the deer, which will summon the bus and another deer because it'll come back because of the mushroom. And then the deer will get knocked out and summon another bus. And now you've got two buses and a whale. And then when the whale is knocked out, you'll get another deer and another bus. So you'll get three buses for the price of one deer. Wow. And if you've got a turkey at the back, all of those things that get summoned are going to be buffed as well. And if you had a fly, each of these things, when they get knocked out, is going to summon a fly as well. So these are like, you know, summon builds can be really powerful. But I just usually find them too fiddly and I just want, I just want big numbers, you know. Who doesn't? And yeah, the, the last kind of key archetype, I think, which I always want to do this, but it, it, like, it basically never works out for me. But I think it's really fun, are sniper builds. So... As well as like, basically the pets always like attack each other. Like the front pet from each team will just, they'll hit each other and they'll do their damage and take their damage, right? But some pets have abilities where they also will throw a rock and can damage other pets on the other team. And those are, well, I think that's become known as like, you know, sniper pets or sniper builds, right? So examples of that, like very early on, there's a mosquito and it will do one damage, to another pet so this is like this is like the base sniper pet but later on you get much better ones so like the octopus will throw a rock out before it attacks every time and hit a random pet for like six damage or something or yeah like the blowfish when it takes damage throws out a rock or the hedgehog you know explodes and damages all the pets or like the snake when the pet in front of it attacks throws out a rock so actually i guess the the key, the most snipery one is the cheetah, because the cheetah will, at the start of the battle, throw a rock for 50% of its damage at a random pet. And so if you've got a cheetah that's like 50 damage, it will just do 25 damage to a random pet. And if you put a tiger behind it, then it'll throw out two rocks, or maybe three rocks, or four rocks, because it will, you know, repeat its ability. Actually, is that how the tiger works now? The tigers, the, the the mechanics have changed a few times in the game. So maybe the tiger actually doesn't do it multiple times. Maybe it just does it at level one or two or three. But regardless, you can get more than one hit out of the cheetah potentially. So, you know, those are sniper builds. And I always want to try and make it work with like a build of like blowfish and hedgehogs and like the hedgehogs explode and they hit the blowfish and then that causes other hedgehogs to explode and the blowfish to throw out more you know, more damage. And if you put like garlic armor on your blowfish, they can, you know, they're only taking one damage, but they're throwing out two or four or six, depending on their level, you know? And like, 
it works so well early game, but late game everything's got too much health and it just just doesn't work. So you've got to pivot away from it. And like the pivot, I can never seem to get that pivot right. But it's really fun because you just see all this chaos of all these like rocks going everywhere and the entire team fainting. And at the end, pop, like your bee appears or something and you win. (laughs) Yeah, sniper builds are not for me. I hate being sniped though. You know, you've got a like a group of three pets that you need to be there together because they their abilities change. Yeah, the synergies, right? Yeah. (laughs) And you get sniped first thing. Yeah, it's like the thing comes out and snipes that key pet and your whole synergy doesn't work. But that's, again, that's the genius of the game. You don't know what you're going to come up against. And yeah, there are literally like anti-synergies. Like, you know, there are there are great counters for different kinds of teams. Like if, you're, if your build is all about like a turkey buffing it and your turkey gets sniped right at the very start, you know, suddenly your summon build is way weaker than it normally would be, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, there's just general strats to keep in mind. Because, like, when you when you merge a pet, like, when you level it up, it puts a new pet into the shop. And the new pet that comes into the shop is of one tier higher than your current shop. What would it say so, that again? So, when you, you know when you merge pets, right, and you yep. get a level up? Yeah. And it plays that jingle and it puts a new pet into the shop, right? The pet that gets put into your shop is one tier higher than your current shop tier. So that's thought, how you can get pets early. I thought that was random. No. Well, it is random, but it's a random pet of the next tier up. Yeah, but what I, what I meant is, I thought that triggered randomly. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. It, it happens made... when you merge the pet. Like, I don't understand how you can think this. I never joined the dots. <laughs> this, is, this is really fascinating. <laughs> this is the sort of thing where it's just like, maybe this is why... Oh, this is why you need, you need the wiki open. Because... <laughs> Something, sometimes things are just happening. I'm sorry. I, this is like going to sound like I'm saying I'm very smart, but like, <laughs> how can you not see this? It's so obvious. Do other people just not see these things? Well, maybe doing other things. Oh, okay, okay, you're fine, fine. You're not mindfully playing Super Auto Pets. This is what, this is what I get. Oh, dear. But yeah, so that's a way to try and, you know, kickstart some synergy so like the camel is a tier three pet and the elephant is a tier two pet right so you can deliberately save one of your level ups when you're at the tier two shop to try and then get a camel a couple of turns early and that's how you start to snowball and scale faster than opponent teams right like getting these things early like if you if you manage to get elephant camel early or you manage to get you know you you do the merge and you get a level three anything and you get a bison a few turns early and that bison can start scaling you know that can be a powerful strat so over time i've developed the appreciation for the shop so now i always get the swan i always buy swans yeah this this one is like an economy build i mean it's a good it it just lets you roll more right and like it's generally good just to keep a swan around because it just gives you that flexibility or you don't have to feel dumb for keeping it around like things that where you feel like examples of like i'm feeling too attached to this pet to sell it like i had a real problem of holding on to fish for too long oh i love i love holding on to fish as well because yeah because the fish when it levels up it you know it buffs all your other pets but eventually you, you've got a level three fish and it's not doing anything anymore right but it's got good stats so you feel like you should keep it 
but it's like it's not doing anything for you anymore you need you just need to rip off that band-aid right and replace it with a better pet but like the swan is at least always giving you that bonus money so you don't have to feel guilty about keeping the swan for example when when i first 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 picked this game up i had a lot of prompts saying are you sure you want to proceed you've still got money left i thought what I don't need my money. I'm just going to move on. Now I'm always spending my money. You know, it's... Yeah. You should always be spending it. You should always just like, if you've got enough money to buy something, like buy, or buy food, just buy, or even if you don't want to buy any of the food or use any of the pets, just roll it to zero and yeah. freeze the ones you want to keep. Exactly. So you can buy them next turn. Yeah. The, sh- the shop is brilliant. Yeah. This, this is Auto Battler 101. You know, I mean, I had to, I obviously had to learn all these things too, because I didn't play any auto battlers really before this and then like where did i learn a lot of this stuff i started watching a, a youtuber called scooty scooty is basically like northern lion but competent he's like he he plays in a very methodical way and yeah he's better than me like he's really ruthless he, he'll sell something that's like oh i wouldn't have done that and but then of course he wins and i'm just like okay i should have done that though like i wouldn't have done it but i should have done and some of the synergies he, he comes up with are quite entertaining. And yeah, you know, as an example of like things that happen in the other packs, like other builds that happen. So, you know, in the star pack, there's this whole other concept that they've introduced of like strawberry friends and strawberries to like help you like target abilities. And there's loads of mechanics and synergies that operate around changing the positioning of pets. So there's lots of pets in that pack that either move your team members around or move enemy pets around. So you can do things like mess up their synergies by like pulling their backline unit to the front or help your synergies by pushing one of your units to the front. You know, like if you've got a pet that like, you know, like like the kangaroo, for example, right? The kangaroo gets a buff whenever the pet in front of it attacks. So you can use some of this positioning malarkey to every time a pet faints push another pet to the front so your kangaroo is perpetually in the second place and continuing to buff that's great yeah so like a lot of the pets in the star pack are about changing positioning and so you can make cool synergies as a result so this is what i mean by the genius of the game right like i i would i wouldn't have thought of it and after i saw it, it was obvious right but like thinking like oh we can make a whole new set of pets around changing positioning like that's really smart game design like i really respect the people who have made this game you know it's the sort of thing where like previous mike who hadn't taken two years off to think about game design would have been like oh it's so obvious and then when you actually have the blank slate and you try and do it you realize it's not obvious at all (laughs) it is great that you know they're creating more mechanics but it does you do need the players to be on that journey. If they don't follow you on that journey, then there's no one to pick these, to be there to take on these new mechanics. Yeah, but I think that's why the whole going viral on Twitch and YouTube and like streaming has helped a lot because there are definitely people who are, you know, 200 IQ playing this game. Right. Like they for sure noticed that when you level up, (laughs) that gives you one of the next tier. But you're right, I don't think that's actually written in the game anywhere. So, yes, maybe they should have a better tutorial. Yeah. So I had to learn, so I had to learn about all these auto battle type mechanics as well. That's been quite a journey. 
Yeah, I admit, thinking back, it was not obvious to me at all. Like, it wasn't obvious to me at all that, like, if you, if you know, use it or lose it. If you don't spend your gold, it's not there for the next turn. Like, I thought I could save up, right? But no, you can't. And it wasn't obvious to me at all that, like, pets and food always cost three gold and re-rolling always costs one gold. Like, I think they've improved the UI now so that it shows it. But it wasn't obvious to me when I first started playing. So, like, there are a load of things you just have to internalize or learn. From listening to you talk about your builds, it sounds like you've got to be able to use all the pets or have a variety of pets to work with. Whereas I'm traditionally just going with, like, oh, he, these are my favorite pets. So I always try to get them. That's why I have a swan. I think that's that limits my options, actually. Yeah, this is this is you know, like learning to be better at the game, right? Like if you can only play with a certain set of pets, then you're entirely down to RNG. Will you get those pets? And the skill of the game is learning to play with what you've got, you know? But I mean, having said that, you know, you can, the game can just screw you over because you can get like 60% of the way into the build and you just never get enough to finish it off, right? Let's bring it to a close. I, I So I've said it before, like, definitely this is a game that I wish I had made. Mike, your last job had APIs in it. Well, I, I think we've said, right, this would be a fun project to just like force you to like go and do a bunch of cloud stuff right so like maybe i should try and write the back end for super auto pets just for fun just as a as a fun side project to to make me do it it would have been good if they cashed or had some you know they took in a bunch of um basically allowed you to play this offline so they could take in a collection of teams that you could just play offline for a little bit or when your connection drops i feel this is a very london specific problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i'm sure there are other countries with limited um <laughs> limited internet limited yeah. mobile data yeah I, I think it'd just be too open to cheating unfortunately yeah it would be like i'm hiking oh i'd like to play a little super auto pets now i, I, I guess that would be a very u.s centric problem like you where are you hiking that you don't have mobile data i, I was there's a reason why they have this sos a feature on the- <laughs> yeah, I know I know I know well I obviously like yeah I'm living in Hong Kong which has got like extreme 5g data coverage like everywhere so I guess it's I guess I'm the one in the unnatural situation but yeah yeah it's funny I don't know I just think like it, you know what it's very difficult to be self-motivated and make something on your own <laughs> I have learned like we together have been managing to make this podcast for years like I feel maybe we together could have made this if we'd been sufficiently dedicated but on the other hand like I'm not sure we've got the game design skills well I'm not bringing the game design skills you're bringing the game design skills yeah well I'm not sure I've got them either <laughs> I don't know it's it's, it's a fun thought experiment to bounce off like can we come up with something equally compelling I don't know and not derivative now. That's that's the key. problem. Yeah, that's the problem. But I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think they are doing a really good job, and I, I think they are gathering that telemetry and so on, and helping, you know, using that to help do the balance. And I, and I've seen they've tweeted like, you know, here are the stats for like 
the pets and what's popular and what's not popular. Like they, every now and then they'll, they'll put that up and you can see like, Oh wow. Everyone loves the whatever. And everyone hates the, you know, I can't remember, but yeah. So they're aware they're looking at it. They know some people think some pets are garbage. I, I do also think though, maybe this game is definitely pushing all the right buttons for me specifically. And then I think you get it too now, but you didn't to begin with. Right. Oh, I really hated it at the beginning. Yeah. I don't know. This game for me immediately clicked. For you, I forced you to play it, and now you, now you see, now you see. But well, I think I asked you about Mike. Can you send over a tier list for me? And it started there. I mean, once I had an idea of just get me started on what is good and what's bad, and I don't even have to consider these pets. That helped a lot. I, the thing I find fascinating, right, is that like I've I've basically told everyone who will listen to play this game. I I think this is really an absolute work of genius this game and everyone who i've told this and who has actually tried it has been like uh eh, it's okay i don't get it you know so it's definitely pushing all the right buttons for me and it actually it's definitely pushing all the right buttons for quite a lot of people because it's it's definitely popular but a lot of people just clearly bounce off it as well and you would have bounced off it too right 100%. if not for me forcing you to yeah so i don't know what maybe that's the the last thing missing you know that there's there is room right you've got like snake rx to vampire survivors right snake rx made a lot of money and then vampire survivors made it like a completely ungodly amount of money right because it was just more accessible and more you know immediately gratifying and so maybe there is a way you can maybe you can make like hyper auto pets or something you know <laughs> giga auto pets and that can somehow be more compelling to like to normal people yeah we need an even cuter set of um emoji emojis i don't want to tie myself to emojis yeah we'll just have even cuter pets yeah this seems like a game that you need a wiki to play to play and i think there just needed to be a better sort of on-ramp maybe there's a campaign you could play wait it's like a puzzle where, you know, everything's predefined. Your shop is, it's not random. Well, it looks right, you know, it appears random to you, but. Yeah, that's, actually, that's a really good idea. I think you have had a whole bunch of really, really good ideas. Like you were saying you don't bring the game design. You've had so many really good ideas. <laughs> I don't think. Since it's... we've been talking about this, because like, you're right. You could totally have like a puzzle mode version of this game, right? Mm. Where you've got the shop and you know what's going to come in the shop. And yeah. you just have to form the team to beat this yeah, team. Like, it shows you what your team's yeah. going to be and you can see what your roles are going to give you. And you've got to make the synergy. Like you, That's definitely a single player version of this game yeah. that you don't need data for. Genius. That's a really good idea. But more importantly, I want to be able to play against you, Mike. Yeah, this is, this, this is definitely your... Th this... I can't believe this isn't in the game. As soon as you said it, it was so obvious that this should be in the game. Even if you can't like earn points for it because they want to, you know, stop people gaming the system, especially if the points that you buy the cosmetics, right? But let you play asynchronously still against specific people you choose. Because there is a versus mode where you can play live in a lobby of just people you of your choosing, but you should be able to to have like private matchmaking. Yeah, to be able to say, I only want to play against Ting or 
I want to play against Northern Lion, right? Let me play against my favorite streamers. Yeah. That would be such a good thing, you know, to be like, I can beat Northern Lion, I can beat Scooty, you know, like, that would be such a good, you know, you could even have a league or leaderboard. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, you know, I really feel like those are great ideas. Really, those are great ideas. So maybe there is room for us to make one of these. What we need, like you said, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned it, but it's about having a platform like Into the Breach and then be able to expand on it. We need to do the first bit. Yeah, that's the first the thing, bit yeah. first. Yeah, but it, <laughs> we've basically chosen like, I mean, I'm going to say they, they haven't done great in download numbers, but we've chosen like really mechanic heavy games recently. Probably because these are these are games that I actually this, this these are games that like new Mike loves like you know teenager Mike loved like JRPG stories where teenage protagonist saves the world you know like old Mike is just like oh shit, I'm almost forty I haven't saved the world once you know but old Mike loves mechanics old Mike loves complicated like Rube Goldberg machines of like turkeys and flies and hedgehogs and blowfish right so. Wait, old Mike is also new Mike. New Mike. <laughs> oh, is old Mike, old Mike, and new Mike is now. Oh, old Mike is aged Mike. So you're right. Old Mike is is new Mike. Oh, I thought there were two. <laughs> so you're creating a new phase for yourself. This, this, you know, what? this just goes to show the English language is is terrible. <laughs> I like the fact that it's open to abuse. What the English language? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. But yes. Basically, the last, I think, three book club games we picked, right? There's Into the Breach, Neophyte, and this. They've all gone and made a really solid platform for iterating mechanics and have been iterating and polishing those mechanics. And yeah, like, to be a total weeb and bring Naruto into this, it's like, that's my way of the ninja, right? Like, I think if we were going to make a game that's what we should be doing as well rather than trying to write a beautiful narrative story about i don't know i, I can't i I'm, my mind's so empty i can't even think of one yeah so that doesn't rely on music composed music as well i don't know i think i think we'd need some good we need some good brain hacking in there as well for the for the normies right for people who don't operate who for people whose brains don't operate on synergy for people whose brains just like music and pretty graphics we need some stuff of that we need some of that in there too yeah we do anyway i guess i guess that's is that all we've got to say that's all we've got to say i I mean we said quite a lot so (laughs) and no new book club game yeah no new book club game because next will be end of year wrap up and we'll figure out what to do in the new year after that. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on your podcast platform. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch as Lost Lovers Club. Anywhere else? Reddit. R slash Lost Lovers Club. So Mike, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful 
that this podcast is seven years old. Can you believe it? It's like, I can't believe we've been managing to do this for this long. Yeah, I got an email from Tumblr the other day saying, congratulations, Lost Levels Club is seven years old. And I was like, wait, what? That happened alarmingly quickly. You managed to get married and have two kids in that time. Yeah. But this has been longer than my marriage. Shocking. I I managed to do F all in that time. So... (laughs) You've learned that you're you're only human. That's a terrible thing to learn. I know. It's, no, it means you're more comfortable with who you are now. There's none yeah, of this. I'm, I'm more accepting of my failure. <laughs> it's true. I used to be really stressed. I used to be really stressed that I wasn't like a billionaire. But now it's just so relaxing because it means I don't have to build like dick-shaped space rockets, you know, or buy social media platforms and nuke them. So Michael says bye. Bye-bye.